It's time for Cofield and Company. So first and goal at the three, O'Connell rolling out to his right, throws that way, and it's picked off at the two, and Asante Samuel slides down at the 12. Oh, no. The Raiders will slowly walk to the center of the field. They will shake hands with the Chargers, and they will take the short trip back to Las Vegas, Link. Falling here to one and three on the season in another one-score game against the Chargers. From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on this Monday, Cofield and Company. Lots of NFL, plenty of college football today as well. A little NBA mentioned later on. We're going to have Matt Jacob towards the end of the show. Remember, we go 2-5. to 2-5 to five on Mondays and Thursdays. We get out of the way for the national call of the NFL. And tonight... The New York Giants against the Seahawks. So we'll have some angles on that. But plenty to get to with the Raiders game. Also the Chiefs game. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was a doozy. That'll come up in the 3 o'clock hour. Adam Hill is here. What's up, Adam? Not much. Just back from L.A. Nice uh, 5.45 a.m. flight. Those are always fun. Uh, you know what? It's only an hour flight, though, so I don't mind it. Was the plane it's, empty? Uh, no, it actually it's just, wasn't. It's just the rising to go to LAX? Yeah, yeah so go, rising to go to LAX or whatever, 3.30 in the morning sucks. Well, you know, my philosophy is on airport times. Uh, I was. What's the philosophy? I mean, I like to get to the gate as they're closing the door. That's my I goal. didn't know you did that. Oh, yeah. All these years? I don't think I've heard you mention that. Oh, yeah. I just didn't listen to the it's 50 just, times you told the story. Everyone else that travels with me, it's just full panic. They're, they're, like, they freak out. Uh, Grainy, who's not on my flight this morning, but he's a like three-hour-before-the-flight guy. Oh, so you guys are freaking opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. He must be crapping himself. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this. Now, I was very close to the airport, uh, jumping on the shuttle, the airport shuttle. Yeah. 5.40 flight. What time do I leave my room? What time do you leave your room to get on the shuttle? Um, I mean, no later than 4.30. 4.30. Really? Yeah. That's tight. That's how I roll. Yeah, actually, the, the now last- the problem, like like a lot of things, and I think we've we've discussed this on other occasions. Like yeah. you are relying on other people to do their jobs, right? And to be on times and right. be a pro- like Especially TSA hotel, has to do their job. Hotel and- shuttle and TSA can get jammed. Sure, up. Sure, all those things. Someone could someone could screw you over in front of you. Yeah, and and jam up the TSA line. Oh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, by uh, in, in Denver when I, I was on this long trip recently, the uh, the driver got lost and then canceled. Okay. That's a killer. The Uber driver. Canceled yeah. on the way to get you. Yeah. So how much of a delay was that? Uh, it was it was bad. Now in Denver, I always you know Denver you leave a little bit of time because Denver's like an hour and a half from the city. It's so far away. <laughs> it's it's, it's unbe- crazy. It is unbelievable. If you've never been to Denver, it's amazing. I it, I mean Denver is actually a, a wild story because I I I didn't check my bag. I had a huge suitcase, and I just walked right past the check in because I was like I'm I'm not going to make the flight. Yeah. So I'm going to take my huge suitcase through and just hope they'll put it on the plane. And it happened to be. The, when I say this, keep in mind, like this is just somebody panicked in a rush. It was 9-11. And as we're going through security and I have no chance to make the plane, they shut down security and did like the the they did they played taps for like in remembrance of uh, of the victims. And I'm like, you got caught in a tribute. And I'm like, okay, look, I respect everything. I don't want to be the guy here, but uh, my flight leaves in seven minutes. Like, what are, what are we doing here? I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It was, not, it was not 11. It was a tribute. Again, I didn't know we were doing I know that. that sounds disrespectful. It's not. No, no that would come as but a surprise the, to me, too. <laughs> at the same time, I was like, hey, look, uh, are we going to stop? Are we going to delay the flights? What are we doing here? Very classy. Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. All right. Yeah. 
Well, I would like to come up with some kind of snazzy line about uh, the Raiders got delayed and you know didn't show up in time for the game or whatever. No, don't, don't do that. It was uh, it was messy on so many fronts. We have so much to break down. They wound up losing to a, a Chargers team again that appeared to want to just hand the game in a lot of ways to the Raiders. They played a good first half and then just broke down in the second half, which I guess means the Raiders played a little better in the second half. But, man, some of the coaching moves by McDaniels. We'll get to AOC. Um, now we got frustration being shown. Yeah, I think it's in back-to-back weeks by the two-star players. Devontae Adams coming out, was it last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, him saying, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have time for this lousy record. Josh Jacobs yesterday, I, you know, we have you in the clip. Um, you know, you're following up. Hey, close game. That, that must feel good. He's like, no, no, it doesn't. I, I'm tired of losing. Just tired of losing. So we'll get to that angle. But just give me your overall thoughts on, again, a game that you come out of and you're like, okay, they don't have a great record. Man, is this team going anywhere? But they've lost back-to-back games against teams that shoot themselves in the foot, just aren't that good. I think the Chargers have a, a high ceiling. Steelers don't. Um, like, I don't feel like everything is lost, but it doesn't feel like on a Monday it's very hopeful. Yeah, it's not. It's, they're just three turnovers a game is not going to get it done. Nine penalties a game is not going to get it done. Uh, all those things. Now, I'm, I'm, I will push back a little bit on one of the things you said, oh, they must have figured something out in the second half, played a little better. No, they didn't. Um it, when we say the Chargers charger, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that means like fourth down decisions, that kind of thing. No, it's they just don't finish games in a way. Yeah. And the Chargers, and I think a lot of that was they had little to zero respect for Aiden O'Connell. Zero, especially after watching him play in the first half. Uh, they played that game like they were up by 100. Mm-hmm. Which I don't and, and I, I, I don't, didn't understand. I don't understand that from Staley and and – you know, we talked about this a lot last week, and we'll get into the analytics and game decisions and probabilities, as I was saying last week, but I don't know. I mean, it has Staley is the common denominator, but what I get really annoyed at in the games as I'm watching is the play calling, but it's two different play yeah. callers. Yeah. So how, how can they both have the same attitude in certain cases when, when they're supposed to be vastly different? Lombardi's not qualified. Kellen Moore is. <laughs> But they, they're doing the same thing. So then doesn't the buck stop with Staley in terms of pressing? Like he, he has to, Doesn't he have to go over and go, stop jamming it into the friggin' line? Well, All right? Please. Man, be aggressive. This, we could, this could be, I know. It's a gigantic discussion. It could be a three-hour conversation. Yeah. But I'll also say, like, so I'll start with the premise, and I, w- I, w- I have fought this for a long time, and I know you have pushed back. I know a lot of people have pushed back in how we talk about analytics and those sorts of things. When you do things like go for it on fourth down in your own territory, that is not an aggressive decision. That is a cautious decision because it's the right move. It's the smart move. It's the move that will get you more likely to win the game. Brandon Staley is a very, very cautious coach. He's a very – Explain this again because when people come out and they're like, like, hey, he's going for it on fourth and one from inside his own 35. Man, that's aggressive. It's not. It's cautious. Because it's a better chance of winning the game. He's making the cautious. De- Punting is reckless. Punting is incredibly reckless. Come on, you want to jump Because in you have this? less of a chance to win the game. So he's I, making the cautious decision. I have, and I, I point that out yeah. because Brandon Staley is a cautious coach. He's a defensive-minded. He's, a, he's an old-school type of, of philosophy in terms of football. But the decision-making people look at is this wild, crazy, aggressive thing. It's not. It's cautious. And it goes with everything else about his personality. So when you say, like, two different play callers, yeah, it's Brandon Staley being way too cautious as a coach in all all situations. 
and I think that's what leads to some of these some of these not meltdowns, but you're letting teams back in the game that have no business being in the game. What did McDaniel say after the game about the mistakes and the penalties? Uh, a lot yesterday, and then obviously a lot today as well. Just you know, first of all, Aiden O'Connell, ball security. Like if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play quarterback in the NFL, you've got to protect the ball, and Man, that, certainly didn't do a good. That job. That four jersey is cursed. Burn the freaking thing. <laughs> I think it is. I, I mean, it's, for Raiders fans to have flashbacks of watching number four freaking throw the ball, you know, like a loaf of bread all over the field, not good. I I saw our uh, good friend Josh Dubow yesterday tweet. I think uh, that is now thirty nine fumbles by the number four for the Raiders in the last. 10 is that years? what he's going to do now? Is keep number so. four stats? I think so. so Derek Carr can never go away. Well, I, I think after yesterday, I mean, I, I'm hearing other people say wild things, but after yesterday, I think you can put that to bed for a while. I mean, I don't think Aiden O'Connell's playing anytime soon again after that. Oh, disaster. stop. Yeah, it, with Raiders Nation, Raider Nation, it was, it was a disaster. There's no way. Thank I think you for saying a... what needed to be said. <laughs> it's a disaster. Oh, I think, no, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are like, eh, a couple mistakes. No yeah, big some deal. people. I saw somebody yep. put the poll up yesterday of uh, uh, who. Yeah, I can't remember who put up the poll, but they were like, "Who would you like to see?" And f- fans are O'Connell, O'Connell, O'Connell. Now, hey, if your if your philosophy is O'Connell will lose games for you, right. and you can tank and get a good quarterback, okay, I understand. But if you're like oh, O'Connell gives us the best chance to win, no, he does not. Um. Should Illuminor be pissed at O'Connell? Maybe. I mean, it's a good discussion. Well, I, I, what, who are who? Who are you? You know, uh, JVT was mentioning it. I forget what it, what it was. Uh, oh, it was like interceptions. You know, who really should there should be a stat that puts the responsibility of an interception on a quarterback or the receiver? Right. It's one or the other. Yeah. A sack could be on the quarterback. A sack and could be many on the quarterback. yesterday. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, his. His awareness, uh, just the the process. Like, and you heard it after the game from the Chargers players. Right? I mean, it, it wasn't hard to listen to what they were saying. He's thinking too much. He's holding the ball. It's easy to sack him. Yep. Like th- they they saw that. And you and you see it all over the NFL. We're gonna get to Zach Wilson in the three o'clock hour. He processed slightly better than he has in the past in that game, but he still wasn't good. And but what happens is with AOC with. Zach Wilson, I fear this is going to happen with Bryce Young, who's also, when you watch, having a little trouble processing. He's holding the ball forever. Now, unlike AOC, who's a little bit chubby, uh, Bryce Young is elusive. So he can get out of the pocket. But there, it's just like one, two, three. Like, come on, get it. Yeah. Get it out. Something bad is going to happen. That, but, with all, but with all these guys, people then start to set a standard. And I think they've set it with AOC where they're, they're down on Jimmy G and they're down on not winning, and then the bar for AOC and these other guys is so friggin' low, yeah. Yeah. it basically takes a baby step over and you're like, oh, I see something. Like, I, what you saw yesterday is a guy who needs some experience, probably, uh, you know, off the field and in practice. Yeah. I don't know wh- how he's going to get experience without playing, but the game was coming slow to him. Yeah, it absolutely was. And, and look, again, it was his first game. So I'm not saying he's never going to be good. I'm saying right now he is not good, and he is not close to being ready to play. I mean, the, the, the day he was drafted – I mean, I'm sure you could have come up with some scenario that he would have played. But if we had told you, hey, game five, he's going to be in there. Like, that's, you're, you're like, what Ter- the hell? Terrifying. You're like, what the hell happened? Yeah, what's, what's like, How bad is the season going? It's a terrifying thought. Now, the other, the other caveat on this is, like, he is, I think, 43 years old. So, like, it's not like he's still developing as a player. I, I think he's 25. He's, he's got time. At least 25. Right. Um, he's not Chris Wanky. Or he's close. Uh, who was the other cat from Okie State? Uh, Whedon. Brandon Whedon was 29, yeah. I think, yeah. when he got drafted. But, yeah, I, th- I think Aiden O'Connell's 25. So, I mean, it's not like he's not a 22-year-old kid, 21-year-old kid. You're like, yeah, give him two, three years. Right. Like, if he's going to get there, he's got to get there quick. Um, but, yeah, he's he showed he's nowhere close to ready, and that's fine. He's a young player. He wasn't supposed to be ready. He was the third stringer for the first two weeks. He wasn't getting reps the first three weeks. 
not getting reps. So he's not supposed to be ready yet, and he showed that yesterday. So anybody that was like, stick O'Connell in there, you got your answer. It's not ready. Not going to happen. Oh, that shouldn't that, happen. There's still going to be a contingent. I don't of course, twenty percent of Raider Nation. Of course, that'll be. He's the future. The season sucks. Get him in there. What do we have to lose? I always love the. What do we have to lose? A lot of games. Well, that, again, that's probably what you want. A lot of games, and your main players are going to be like, "That's it. I hate this place." And the coach is going to get fired. Yeah, because the the argument. So for if that's O'Connell, what you want. If that's what the game plan is, is like deep down, you're like AOC. Just go out. Maybe they win three games, four games, and then. The new era for a coach starts after that. Yeah, the argument for O'Connell is Jimmy G is is going to lead you to seven wins, which is exactly where you don't want to be in the NFL. You don't want to be seven to nine wins. Well, nine could get you in the playoffs, but you want to be six to nine wins and just in that middle ground of being terrible and also not being in the playoffs so you don't get a high pick or a playoff berth. That's where you don't want to be, and that's where Jimmy G is probably going to take you. So the argument would be play O'Connell to lose. If, is that what you want as a fan? I, I feel like most fans get angry at the the idea of tanking or losing, how that's beneficial to the franchise. So if that's what you want, I think that, that you know, argue for that. But if you're thinking that he gives you the best chance to win right now, that's just not true. It's not. And you saw that. A lot to break down. Way too many mistakes. O-line struggled. Khalil Mack throws salt in the wound You know, from years ago when he was traded. he I, I felt like he, he was going to get 10 sacks. Yeah, he had. I think he had five sacks with nine thirty-eight left yeah. in the third quarter. And by the way, O'Connell did that against a team without Bosa or James. It's a good point. <laughs> That's mean, a real good point. Like two, two, basically, they're two best players defensively. Not there. Now back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. So, I won't say who, but someone in the group, in their notes for today's show with topics, by the way, it's Cofield, Adam Hill, and Demond, uh, sent over uh, Raiders suck. I still don't believe they suck, because they could have won these last two games, if not for a lot of self-inflicted damage. But I understand when you lose games that you could have won, close games at the end, there's a frustration. And I know you were in front of Josh Jacobs, Jacobs finally broke out, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. He was okay running the ball, but I think he had, what do you have, almost 140 yards in, in total offense between rush and receiving. Here he is after the game. I'm tired of losing. Just keep it 100. I'm tired of losing, man. And, uh, I mean, I, I feel like every day I go in there and I, and I work so So the fact that it's close, is it like, okay, we're right there, or is it just even Nah, man, that make it worse. <laughs> that make it worse, man, because that, that just means, you know, five to six plays, you do them right. Difference in the outcome of the game. But, it's, but at the same time, you're tired of saying five or six plays, difference in the outcome of the game. It's just time to do that. All right. Audio courtesy uh, Jesse Merrick. Off a of video. You were in there. He wasn't there. He wasn't? No. Oh, he posted it. See, I gave see, I gave false credit. <laughs> well, whoever posted it, um, he did curse, right? Yeah. Because the Vast Sound crew, uh, we have like five, six people cutting sound all the time here. Um, they asked me, because there were just blank spaces for the curses. And I was like, well, it sounds like he's cursing, so let's put in some beeps. Dropping Taylor references, too? What do you mean? Blank space? It's Taylor Swift. You set yourself up for that, Steve. 
I did. Yeah. So drop it, now everybody's just dropping. You watched too much Taylor Swift last night with the Jets game. No. You don't uh, even know you're doing it. Who was on the game two weeks ago? Within one of the announcers, they did something with blank space. A lot. Of, they're like, all doing and it. And I'm like, I don't get no, it. No, they're all doing what it. What a waste of time this is. It's such an inside joke. Yeah, I know she's massive. If any time the Chiefs make a penalty, like they got to shake that off. Okay. Oh, God. I don't pay attention that closely. And I don't know all, all her songs, so it's <laughs> over my head. They're just dropping them in there. So for the Swifties, I guess it's cool. That's what it's about. And right now they want to, you know, glob onto the latch onto the potential ratings boost. So so uh we see Josh Jacobs there. You're in front of him. Like what what does it feel like? What's his mood? Because it's completely different when you're actually talking to someone versus you know, putting out a video, seeing a video, watching a video. He's frustrated. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any question. I think that's that that comes across in what he's saying. And um I, I think that for a little bit he was trying to avoid really expressing it. Um, I will say that he and another player were kind of standing there expressing that they didn't necessarily want to say anything because they didn't want to they didn't want to say anything that they regretted. I feel like that's always Devontae Adams. Like, I feel like you guys had to coax you, it you had to coax you, it out of him with the Bills player. Did you hear it in the background? Did him just slamming stuff around trying to interrupt no. the interview? Is that right? <laughs> On the audio? Was he trying to stop? Josh Jacobs or was he just expressing his frustration? He 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 didn't want us there, which I under I understand. Um, he said the, you know, I think he's just frustrated with the fact that we're everybody's just kind of standing around waiting. And, and I look, I we've talked about this before. Just to, I'm not. I'll go a little bit inside. Like the locker room at SoFi for the visitors is horrific. And if you oh, remember, that's right. the whole wasn't there the yeah, whole Gruden, it's, a maze. it's a maze. And if you remember when we weren't allowed in the locker room and John Gruden started ripping the locker room at SoFi as atrocious and not NFL level and all those other things, and we laughed and mocked him. We're like, now you're just making excuses. Now you have first and then we finally have been in there like 10 times now. And, oh, man, it sucks. And, and so, like, and there's also a large percentage of a large percentage of people in the media that just won't even ask anything. They're just there to try to record whatever you are asking people. Mm-hmm. And they'll wait for you to, to start asking questions and jump up on you and, you know, put the recorder behind you and things like that. And so a lot of them are just standing around – like literally right next to Devontae when he's changing, and you're like, all right, man, like give him some space. Like that's crazy. Um, so so more, there was just frustration. as frustrated with the game as with you guys. Yeah, it, I think it was game frustration, not actual frustration yeah. at us. But yeah, it was like there's just frustration of like what, why are, like we're we're going to say the same things we did last week and the week before because the same things are happening. Well, but so what do you want us to say? But as a media, yeah, okay. But as a media member, you you definitely want to talk to him, of course, because they may say more. Of course, like someone may come out and be like, "I'm I hate this guy." And somebody might say, "I'm I'm done with tired Josh of blanking losing." Yep, <laughs> and he did. Say, say that. And that's what they said. So yeah, I mean, um, I I do think there's just you know there's there's frustration and and I don't uh, I don't blame anyone for it. I don't blame them for being upset that we're there. Like I, I get it. I wouldn't want to. You know how how I take losing and things like that. Like I wouldn't want to talk about it afterwards. It's crazy. Sorry, I had a random thought popping in my head. No, I had a random thought popping in my head about losing uh, fantasy baseball league to you by half a point. So, uh, do you know how it happened I though? Gonna go. I, no, I, I don't want to know. I turned it on in the in the. Nope, I turned it on in the press box at SoFi. Uh, there was a three way tie for the last paying spot in our fantasy baseball league. Mm-hmm. So, an entire season of baseball, 162 games, yep. comes down to the last game of the day. So ridiculous. And I knew that I was in a tie for saves. 
and that if I got a save. That's what it was? Who got a save? Or no, I was one behind. Oh, you would tie and split So I would tie and then get a half point and move a half point ahead of you and somebody else. And uh, Washington took the lead late and Finnegan was coming in. And I turned it on in the press box and was telling everyone, I just need this save. And it was 10-8. He gave up a home run and then a double. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. He's gonna blow this save, yep. and then he got out of it. But I'm glad then I, I didn't know that until now. But then I started thinking, what if the two hits he gave up moved me behind somebody and whip? So then I started looking at that. I was like, oh no, I didn't want to get that freaked out. We got it. We got there. Yeah, you got there. You got there. good for you. Thanks, Kyle. Good for you. So, uh, where do you think McDaniel's is now with the team? Do you think there's a good portion of them who are like, I don't believe in this? I don't know because I mean they do keep saying like you know we're right there. And they keep they keep talking about the fact that, hey, it starts working. I, one of the one of the themes yesterday in the story I wrote today about Devonte was he said it seems like we're just kind of there, we're waiting, and then we start doing everything right and try to rally and almost get there, but don't quite just just fall short. And he's like, why don't we start doing that earlier? Why don't we start freaking out and panicking? Not panicking, but you know, have a sense of urgency earlier in the game instead of waiting until it's too late. Until it's desperation time. And he said, before you know it, it's going to be desperation time on the season. And every single game is going to be must win. And you don't want to get to that point. So, I mean, that makes sense. And I, I think what they're saying is, we've got the talent. We've got the plays. We can do all those things. Like, let's do it for a full game. So, should the leaders just, as you suggested five minutes ago when everyone was waiting around, should the leaders just shut up after the game? Should they, should they be the examples for everyone else? Hey, don't get frustrated. We still believe. We're close. No, I think they want. I think they're trying to get the message to other players to get oh, on our level. Okay, so like, as an example, Jamar Chase comes out after the game yesterday, and he's like, he, he's mad, and he's only got twenty nine catches on the season, and he said, um, "quote I'm open, I'm always effing open." Like he, in his case, like bro, your quarterback is like sixty five percent. Well, to be fair, Jamar Chase is the one before the season that said, "Hey, don't play." Okay, he said to Burrow. Yep. Do not play through this and have it linger. Right. He said this publicly. Well, Don't play through it and have it linger. Get better. We'll be fine until you get back, and then we'll play. I, I started with this two weeks ago, and it actually happened in the preseason. Zach Taylor and his lack of maturity in dealing with this injury, and people were asking him during the preseason. He was getting all freaking snippy, and now I felt like last week Joe Burrow made the decision himself, and it's like, Zach, you can't, you're not a kid anymore. You know, I know you're one of the youngest coaches in the NFL, and you're immature at times. But someone's got to step in and, and be the the boss. You got to tell Burrow he can't play, and you got to prepare the backup. I am I am not fired up to have freaking Jake Browning in there, but maybe he gives you a better chance. And every time he goes out, you're putting him at risk. You're going to blow this whole season because you're letting Burrow make the decision. Enough. And we, now they're in a hole. Yeah, you kind of already have. So now they're now buried. You have no choice. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you could have lost yesterday with Browning. <laughs> Easily. You would have. So why I mean, then that would have given you an extra week. So results based thinking. You gotta yeah. go back to last week, analyze where Burrow was last week, and know that he's going into this again, not healthy, not even close. Yeah, well we I mean, I think we mostly thought it last week, although last week they did win, but the problem is, and I think everybody kinda knew it, and you have to see it, that what you did against the Rams worked because the Rams didn't know it was it was coming. But if you're giving an enti- a team an entire week to prepare for the fact that you can't move, 
and they know they can just target the pocket because you can't get out of it, then it's going to be different, and we saw that. We've got four tickets to Golden Knights and Avalanche preseason game, regular season, uh, starting up next week, Thursday the 5th. That's this Thursday. You can get your tickets on uh, AXS.com. But we've got a four-pack right now, Avalanche in town, taking on your Golden Knights this Thursday, 7 o'clock, AXS.com. But call her 7 for the tickets from Demond, 364-1100. Now, back to Cofield & Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Rolling towards our buddy Steve Kim, we'll do a recap of what was a, I guess, not a great fight with uh, Canelo and Charlo, but uh, what happens in the aftermath, why that happened, and then some football thoughts as well. He's been helping us wrap up the football weekend. That's been a lot of fun. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Damon. So we are of the philosophy, probably wrong on this, that in this era, we'll just say for jobs in general, it's a little it's a little frustrating now that maybe you can't get all of your expenses that you need to throw out there to get your job covered, right? And I'm not saying, like, you should expect all of them to be covered. Like equipment now. I mean, I think most companies are like, hey, you either have the equipment to do the job or you don't. So if you don't have a laptop, then you're not qualified to have the job. Um, and we argued and argued and argued in the past that if we are going to consistently talk about topics, say TV shows, documentaries, and they're on certain channels, then if you're on the show, you got to have those channels. It's just part of the job. And hey, if you want, go talk to management. Maybe they'll pay for your $10 a month subscription, but it's probably not going to happen, right? It would be to stretch it out. Uh, hey, I couldn't see any of these games because they're now behind paywalls. Well, then you can't be in sports radio, I guess, or you got to go out to a bar, which is going to probably cost you more. Or restaurant, right? Yeah. So we've discussed this before. And and believe me, Lotus is great, but companies are willing to give you less and less and less. I feel for teachers who for I can't still can't believe that they buy their own stuff in a lot of cases, which is like mind boggling. So naked and afraid? I guess I didn't realize how much stuff has now been put on HBO Max that used to not be on HBO uh, Max. It's just Max. It's Max, Max. You're right. <laughs> um like I wish that the SO had never found 90 Day Fiance, because there's like 74 offshoots, and she's on there all the time. And I talked about it last week, and Justin ripped me a new one, Justin Watkins. So, uh, Naked and Afraid, I guess, is Shannon Sharp on it, or was he on it? He's coming up on it. And and they start talking about it a little bit, and I guess there, you know this happened during the break. Molly Karam doesn't have HBO, so I guess really can't speak about that show and be educated about it. So she starts to try and defend herself here as SAS and Shannon start to get into her. But it's on HBO, and I don't have HBO. Well, you need to get it. Stop being Thank cheap. You. That's stop being cheap. Guys, I already pay for. I already pay for Hulu. So we uh, gonna sit on national television. You the host of I a national for, television show. You gonna sit I up here and sit up there and you can't afford HBO. I pay for Netflix. Okay, so she started to go down the laundry list. My answer to that would be, too bad. Get more. Well, also, I talked to an ESPN employee today about this. Okay, well, hold on, hold off, <laughs> hold off. I mean, the argument on that show would be, okay, you have Netflix, but there's no sports on Netflix. Cancel it. Oh, but I enjoy, I enjoy it. Yeah, sports I, is coming up. Not right now. Yeah, true. Do you need Max to watch documentaries and watch, you know, I mean, this is for Naked and Afraid. But even that's part of the show. And Netflix has all the untolds. Okay. So you got to be on there. You got to have everything. Yeah. And then you got to, it sucks, but then you got to write it off of your taxes and it's the way it goes. You know, and the company's not going to pay for it. Believe me, we've been down this road before. 
Um, so Molly starts to list everything she's paying for. Like, okay, you can do this, but I don't think it's going to work out well for you. I pay for YouTube TV. This is now I have to pay this for is, Showtime. This is and your HBO? most embarrassing moment yeah. ever. National Molly, TV host. Don't be cheap to yourself, Molly. Your host, and she can't afford HBO. Be cheaper you want to. Don't be cheap to yourself, Molly. Don't That's do right. that. That's very Bye. unbecoming. Pathetic and unbecoming. Right? Is it not the same argument we had on the show for five years? Yeah. We have people on the show who wanted to contribute, and then every time we started talking about TV shows, they're like, yeah, I, I don't have it, and then would say, I can't afford it, which is hilarious because the same person had the nicest car on the staff <laughs> and is, I think, at the time, maybe there were three people out of like seven contributors who owned a house. He was one of them. Part of the deal, man. Listen, I don't want to have to have all these channels either. But can't do your job, can't have discussions in certain areas if you don't. So, true, Molly, it's very unbecoming. Is maybe is, I, again? I don't, you know, I don't want to take shots, but maybe Jalen Rose is like, yep, right there, right there. Is that was the problem? Is lying unbecoming? Ooh, who who lied? I was told ESPN employees get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus for free. Oh, so we're we're chalking up expenses, but you get you they get the bundle for free. Yep. I just looked up the bundle. By the way, I looked up the bundle yesterday because, by the way, I'm not getting. I keep saying, by the way, I'm not getting up at freaking like five in the morning to get ready to watch NFL in London. I might do it this week, but I also I don't actually right now because there I, I uh, got rid of Hulu. The, like there's a little the bundle thing I don't have right, so I don't have ESPN Plus. Oof. I know it's pretty bad. So you're unbecoming. I am unbecoming. Yeah. I admit that. Yeah. I admit that. But I don't have it right now. Uh, will I get it? Yes, because I'm now. I the bundle I think is now going to be fifteen bucks. And when it first started, it was like twelve. So I'm gonna sign up for the bundle because that's what I'm supposed to do. But she, so she's, so she said I'm paying for. Yeah, like I got Hulu. Like you get it for free. You get but the bundle what, for free. What if the free bundle? It's Hulu without commercial. Uh, it's Hulu with commercials. And she's like, oh, I've got to have it without commercials. So I'll the, pay the premium. Cut that so out you, and get then, max. Then you pay four bucks. Don't you? You yeah. can pay for like four bucks more. No yeah. commercials. I've already gone through this. I love commercials. It gives me time uh, to get more beer because I'm just drinking the whole time. I, I can check TikTok at that point for four minutes, a three-and-a-half-minute break. I, I'm great. Wow, she lied. Yeah. Did she mention all three that she's paying for? No, because I think she was very careful not to be like, I pay for ESPN+. Plus. Like She doesn't want to... She doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a bad look like that's a bad expense. Is it mean of men to say that a woman is unbecoming because she doesn't have the proper... Hookups. I don't even know what unbecoming means. It's only a media word. He's just like throwing it out. Oh there. no, it's absolutely a real word, but I've never heard it used because you don't have a freaking TV right, subscription. Exactly. It's more like decorum. Yeah. You know? Unbecoming. Like like Molly's out like, there with armpit hair and yeah. like, yeah, it's unbecoming. If she's like burping at dinner. Yes. That's, that's Would you only unbecoming. say that towards she's, a woman? She's dropping yeah. the F I yeah. you know what? It probably happens to women. It's not yeah. really a word now. You're right. You know, like but Steve, it probably, if you came in here looking schlubby, I wouldn't say that's unbecoming of you. No, you would just say schlubby, which is more effective for a guy. You're not gonna like. You wouldn't say that. Like, you're not going to say that about a woman. Like, I, I like my my. I have. Uh, he just annoys me, Judd Apatow. I he's the one guy I call schlubby. He just annoys me. What about you? You you don't no longer call Jonah Hill schlubby because he's not schlubby. He's like real thin. Yeah, true. Sure. He's, he's not real thin. He's just he's Olympic. He's also unbecoming. I know. I'd like, let's not even get into that. Where can I get it? Can you, you got a black market hookup for this? You must have a, a market for roids. You were in wrestling. 
They got to have an Olympic wow. somewhere. He's got a tie. I'm not saying he's using roids. I'm saying he's in that world where they're popping whatever and shooting whatever. You got to have an Ozempic hookup. It's been talked about in circles. In circles. Uh-oh. This is going to be trouble. Be a lot of trouble. Steve Kim's with us. Three knockdown rule. Conversations brought to you by Snack Nutrition. Steve, what's up? It's Cofield. Adam Hill is here. What's up, buddy? That was a big intro. When I get greeted with just silence. Steve-O! I can barely hear you, but what is going on, Mr. Cofield? I'm going to have to make the questions uh, real short. Um, How bad was the Canelo fight? You mean the fight? Uh, One hasn't broken out yet. What's going on? I actually think there's better fights at Raider games or uh, NFL stadiums across the country or um, Frontier or Spirit Airlines probably have better fights in their terminals than what broke out on Saturday. I thought it was kind of a shameful, very disappointing non-performance from Jermel Charlo. I, I get the fact that he, there's some ring rust. He hasn't been out. He hasn't been out there in real action for a while. But he looks so hesitant, Steve. I don't think for one moment he ever tried to win the fight, and it was very evident by the fourth or fifth round that short of a lightning bolt hitting Canelo Alvarez, there was only going to be one winner. And then when he scored the knockdown in the seventh, it became a question of can he actually see it till the finish line? And he did, but that, that's like the worst of all moral victories. And, Steve, I'll be honest with you, this fight really did leave a bad taste in those boxing fans' mouths. Am I louder now, or are you still getting me very low? Still getting you very low, but I can hear you. Okay. Steve Kim is with us. This conversation is brought to you by Snack Nutrition. So let's start breaking down what you just said there. From the Charlo side, is this one of those cases where maybe, hey, he arrived, he's making big money, that's good enough for me? I think you summed it up. <laughs> I, I wrote in my K-9's Corner uh, column today that the victory was signing his name on the contract and getting paid an ungodly sum of money. Now, that comes at a price because I think the consumer uh, protection advocacy board, if there was one in boxing, would be asking for mass refunds or a class action lawsuit. But, Steve, when when I watched this fight, or when I watched it on Saturday, I'm with a group of people. I'm at Coach JB's house. We had about 10 people there. And, you know, I'm the only guy that really cared about it. There was a couple other fans, one other manager that was in the, the room with us, and we were all bored. You know, boxing people are kind of conditioned to work through bad fights as part of the game. But I'll never forget, in, in the third or fourth round, uh, Coach JB, as only he can, blurts out in his theater, this is the worst fight I've ever seen. And I think everyone kind of agreed with them. Uh, I think it's going to be a hard sell to get Coach B to shell out for another pay-per-view. And, and I think he echoes the thoughts of a lot of casual fans across the country. But is this what we're going to get with Canelo for the next couple of fights? Because the, you deal with the stable you deal with. This is what you're going to get. Yeah, um, the question now becomes, you know, everyone knows that he signed a three-fight deal with the PBC, and I'm just wondering if this is a retirement tour for him. Wow. The question becomes, is he going to continue to pick on smaller, well-known names coming up in weight, like the other Charlo brother, Terrence Crawford? Um, Most people want to see him fight David Benavidez because whatever you want to say about him, David is a big, strong 68-pounder bursting out at the seams. And I am absolutely convinced with his style, he would actually press Canelo. He'd throw punches, he'd let his hands go, he would leave himself vulnerable, but we'd actually see a fight. What took place this past weekend, Steve, was an absolute 
sparring session, it was monotonous, it was boring, it was desultory, it was uh, just uh, pretty damn bad. You mentioned the possibility of the other Charlo. They, they can't possibly try to market that. Right? I mean, I know it's a different person. I get it. But they can't sell that. Steve, here's the issue, though. Keep this in mind. As they announced this fight during the middle of the summer, it was originally supposed to be the other Charlo getting the fight because, remember, he's actually the middleweight. In, in theory, he'd only be moving up one weight class. Here's the problem with Jamal Charlo. He's going through a divorce. He's going through some mental issues. He's had to take time off. So... Jermel, who, I don't want to say fight, but performed on Saturday, was coming off a 16-month layoff. So, And we've kind of seen this pattern of fighters going into these major fights on a year-plus layoff. They're getting absolutely thrashed, Steve. They're not even competitive from Josh Taylor, Errol Spence, and Stephen Fulton, and now Jermel Charlo. Steve, I don't know if you know or even have cared, but I want to fill you in on something. You know the last time Jermel Charlo fought was June of 2021? Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for your reaction. Yes. That's, that's not good. That's not At good. At all. So I don't even know how you market that. I, 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 don't, I don't know of any fights that Jermall Charlo's going to have. But, look, I would like to see the Benavides fight or a rematch with Bivol, either at 68 or 75. Um, the Crawford fight is interesting. I, I would like to see Terrence take a fight or two at above 47, work his way up, where at least he has a fight somewhere above 154 pounds to acclimate himself to the weight. Now, Terrence is an extreme competitor. I, I, I don't think he would ever go out the way Jermel did. I mean, Jermel fought so bad, I don't know if you saw this, Steve. He actually put on Twitter, Jermel, you're no longer on my list. I don't care what titles you have. You fought in such a manner, I don't think you beneath me. Hmm. And there were other professional fighters who've been in there, have taken that risk. They're absolutely disgusted by what took place and how Jermel fought. So I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I do believe that Canelo's going to fight next Cinco de Mayo. So you have about, what, seven, eight, nine months to kind of figure out who's going to be next. I would hope at a certain point that at least David Menavides is entertained. Steve, producer Demond here, and I've got to ask you, did you think that the Lubin-Ramos decision was as big of a upset or let's just say robbery as everybody that was watching at my house with me you know i thought look do i think ramos may have sneaked it out maybe but have i seen a thousand worse decisions that i would call robberies yeah i you know what i did not understand and i did not agree with was when they, they panned over to ramos's corner and his trainer said don't worry about it we're up by six rounds and i remember thinking to myself I don't think you're ahead by that much. I really don't. Look, do I think that most people believe Ramos should have gotten his hand raised in victory? Yes. Do those scorecards seem awfully wide for Lubin? Yes. But could I see an argument that Lubin, outside of the first four rounds, kind of controlled the rest of the action and did enough to sneak out a decision? I would say yes. So I don't think it's the worst robbery I ever saw. And I really question Ramos's corner telling him to basically coast, because at the end of the day, it cost him. Steve Kim, 323 up on Twitter. It's a fascinating follow, a blend of, re- I mean, really good boxing feedback this weekend, but he's great on football and uh, NFL and college football. One last thing from the fight. Um, was that Steven Jackson who was all annoyed that they, the security guards were letting the Canelo family leave in front of him, and he's like, screw this, I'm going? 
Oh, yeah, that's Steven Jackson. Uh, he didn't want to check in. He just said, you peasants, get out of here. I don't care who you're related to. I got stuff to do. <laughs> he just got out of there. So, um, so, so if you ever see Steven Jackson in a fight, step way. aside, you non-NBA peasants who are not on Showtime. Step aside and make way. All right, you mentioned Coach JB. You know he drives me nuts, which means he's a very good character on Twitter. When I saw him cooking a feast, I was like, God, I hope this stuff looks like crap. I hope it's dry. I hope it was a disaster. It actually looked pretty good. I think he can cook. Cofield, you got none of that. And my cholesterol level has never been higher or more dangerous. And it's great. And I cannot wait to go back there next Saturday. Football palooza was great. The man, I'm just telling you, can coordinate an offense, a defense, and a barbecue. You know, he actually has his own smoker in the backyard. I saw it. I saw the equipment. That's a grill, a smoker. What kind of residuals is he getting from freaking Lance Chance U? How much money does he have? (laughs) Made a lot of money off that show somehow. No, actually, there's a story behind that. If he would have known what he knew now, he would have either, A, cut a much different, more lucrative deal and put himself as getting more money or part of the profits, or he just wouldn't have done it. There's an untold story about Last Chance U that he's going to tell one day because he has a very bittersweet feeling about the whole franchise. It's made him very famous. But it hasn't necessarily made him a millionaire either. But, I mean, look, i, I got to tell you, football palooza is great watching three, four games at once. And then uh, he does a lot of other things. And so, But the food is great, though, Steve. If you're out there, if you're out here in Southern California for a football Saturday, I'm going to take you down there. Might have to do it. It, lo- it did yeah. look good. Hey, let's close on this. I saw your guy, uh, Whitlock, had tweeted something about um, Josh Allen and that he had motivated him. What was his take on Josh oh. Allen? What was the motivation? Well, we got into a couple of weeks ago before the year. He flip-flopped because Stephon Diggs was being Stephon Diggs. It can be a little difficult. He's highly productive. He's very good at what he does. But you know it and I know it. Stephon comes with some issues. But then all of a sudden he said, well, I've gotten more information that maybe it's Josh Allen's at fault, that he doesn't work as hard as he should. And, and my view is, here's the thing with Stephon Diggs. We kind of know that there are certain quirks that he has um, as for Josh Allen, I, I know one thing about Josh Allen, uh, and I'm not saying he's a perfect quarterback, and I'm certainly not saying he's the best, but Josh Allen every year the last four or five years is good for well over 4,000 yards, usually over 4,500, and he rushes for over 500, and he produces over 40 combined touchdowns. Now, Steve, I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, and he hasn't won any Super Bowls, but he does all that every year, and he's won some playoff games. And, and guess what? Since they choked that game on Monday night, uh, Steve, I don't know about you, the Bills look kind of good again. Maybe maybe it's not over for them, and now he's kind of joking that he's the reason why Josh Allen is playing well. I, I wouldn't take that seriously because I'm a believer in Josh Allen, but at the same time, Steve, I, I do firmly believe with the NFL windows, they're more or less three years now. This is probably the last year that the Bills can really make a run because you have to start tearing that team apart. You've got to pay different guys. Yep. And if they can get back a healthy Vaughn Miller, I would not count them out in the AFC. Mr. Kim, great spot. We'll talk to you soon next Monday, in fact. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate Snacknutrition.com, S-N-A-C. Snacknutrition.com. Uh, they present the Steve Kim spot every uh, Monday at 240.